Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Good evening, Blue Jays fans, and welcome to another evening of Jaybird watching. Thus far, it's Craig Borden here in the hosting chair, and I got Brandon Panikar with me. There will be a player to be named very shortly, and it will be Chris Key. I'm <laughs> just saying. <laughs> so, goofy aside, apparently the Blue Jays just felt like playing with their fans and everything is today and just throwing a complete weird wrench in what is our roster right lately. You know, the Whit Merrifield thing wasn't weird enough. We're going to get in talking that now that we have some more of the gang back this week, and I'm not just having uh, Jays Jam invade our podcast. <laughs> um, so, Brendan, the Blue Jays, for some reason grab Jackie Bradley Jr. I know they've been hot for him for a few years, but he's been in steady decline. That's putting it his depth, but that I'm being nice. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's putting it lightly, man. Like he is not very good anymore. Like he's he's better hitter than Brad, uh, Bradley Zimmer, but everybody's a better hitter than Bradley Zimmer and probably in the entire MLB. Um and so yeah, that on paper that looks really good and people are going to remember some really really good seasons JBJ had for the Red Sox and I think he was decent in his very brief time with the Brewers as well, but he's not as fast as Bradley Zimmer. He's not even close to as fast as Bradley Zimmer anymore. He can still steal bases, so he's faster than most of the MLB, but for the role, Craig, that Zimmer is in, which people think he's just going to take from him, it doesn't make any sense to replace him. Like, Zimmer's the better... I wouldn't say he's a better fielder in some regards, JBJ, than Zimmer, but others, Zimmer is better, so they kind of, like, kind of a wash. And then Zimmer, by far, is the better base runner. Like, I don't think I've ever seen, uh, in my lifetime as a fan, a player as fast as Bradley Zimmer. He's so fast. Um, with how tall he is. It's like the weirdest freak of nature kind of thing. It's just those long legs. That's exactly it. So the fact that JBJ can't give you that anymore. The only thing, uh, and I don't want to go down this path because it's purely speculative, but I think you know where I'm going with this. Don't you say it. (laughs) (laughs) Are they worried that Springer's going to be out longer than uh, than originally anticipated? Because he is just such a weird elbow injury. Um, that it just needs to be managed, and I don't know what that means. It's going to hurt him sometimes, be fine other days, and maybe I'm I'm hopeful, Craig, that that's not going to be the case, but maybe this is a sign that it's going in that direction. I really hope not. I'm not saying it is, but... I hope it's at least... To me, I don't think it's that they're worried... They are worried that's going to happen, but they're hedging their bets. It's like, okay, how often do you get somebody like Jackie Bradley Jr. this time of the year floating around, just waiting to be on a team? At a minimum, he is a defensive plus, right? Mm-hmm. So if he hits anything, you're getting something bonus out of it. If you really, really look at this, I think defensively, you have the established track record of Jackie Bradley Jr. as a defenseman in the outfield. And then you have, oh, well, Bradley Zimmer is a really damn good outfielder, too. I really think it's that. It's somebody that's been hurt and has been quiet and been very good on defense in Zimmer. And then you have Jackie Bradley Jr., who's been making gold glove level catches and on the big stage in Boston. And then, like I said, you said a minute ago, very good teams in Milwaukee. So I, I honestly, I, on paper, they look like the same guy to me. Pretty much. Because 
Zimmer still has that chance he could be something. I'm not seeing that happening, but you never know. He could turn yeah. to Kevin Pillar overnight. You know, it's just yeah. what happens. Um, that's baseball for you. That's why you play the game. But I just don't see Jackie Bradley Jr. being anything other than what exactly we are getting from Zimmer at the moment. And the fact that they signed JBJ to a major league contract forces him to hold on to him or wave him when, you know, things go good or bad. (laughs) I guess I guess at the end of the day, maybe it's just a flyer and maybe maybe they are intent when Springer gets back that they will DFA Zimmer. Um, who knows what happens when George Springer gets back. But honestly, like for the outfield that they have right now and the fact that you now have Whit Merrifield who can also play in the outfield and Kevin Biggio who can play in the outfield in the pinch too, even though he's been kind of slowly turning his season around to second base, it just feels like one, something has to give here. It's either they're going to cut bait with Zimmer and roll with JBJ for what could be some good reasons, Craig, like, I don't want to dismiss his playoff experience, the fact that he's won a couple World Series with the Red Sox, and he can hit better than Zimmer. Like, it hasn't been much better this season, but anything, again, like I said earlier, anything is better than Zimmer. So, yeah, a mere 210 and a .578 OPS is not exactly yeah. screaming, like, no. you know, all-star. Like, he was showing like he was trending yeah. in that direction. This is a guy I saw in New Hampshire a couple of times. Funny enough, I think that he was playing in the outfield with Adam Corsair and I were sitting in New Hampshire. <laughs> and uh, it's just like, is he ever going to take that next step? And I think kinda that's did, did. how you explain his whole career. <laughs> you know, you saw flashes of it, and then it never manifested anywhere but defense. So yeah. if that's what they're getting, great. You have somebody that you can throw in this. Because apparently, right now, the fourth outfielder, without question, is Romil Tapia and yeah. with a mix of uh, with Whit Merrifield now. But the fact that Whit Merrifield can play basically anywhere, <laughs> you know, yeah. is he going to steal up out of as many outfield spots as you would think that uh, Tapia might be able to take? Plus, the fact that Tapia seems to be coming up clutch time after time after time, Yeah, it's getting to the point where I'm obviously leaning in that direction but to have another guy like this that worst case late innings after you did all the shuffling around and we've seen a lot of shuffling over the last few days with schneider running this ship you have another good quality depth glove that you can throw out there in the eighth and ninth inning and you're not losing anything so it keeps with the blue jays defensive run saved mantra that i think has been honestly our biggest saving grace this year yeah, absolutely. I'm just looking at it. Last year, I'm completely wrong. I thought he had a decent season with the Brewers. He was terrible. He was. There's a reason they just got here. Go Boston. <laughs> exactly. And yeah, like at the end of the day, looking at their defensive metrics on Fangraphs, the defensive WAR, I believe it is for fielding and position. Just looking at it now, 1.5 for JBJ and one for Zimmer. And Zimmer minus 0.3 F4. Jackie Bradley Jr. minus 0.4. They're the same player. Yeah. There's no difference. And that- that difference in 0.5 on the war is probably more or less due to playing time. I think if you give oh, sure. the same level of playing time to Zimmer defensively, those are going to be, like you said, bam, like yeah. equal. Yeah. I mean, maybe maybe the other hope is that a playoff run sparks him a little bit and he kind of starts to get back to his better Boston Red Sox days. But he's 32. I can't see that happening. I just think he might be a good guy to have around for a little while. And maybe they make a call over the next little while. Is it going to be him or is it going to be Zimmer? And personally... I think a lot of people were sharing this on Twitter today. I'd rather just keep rolling with Zimmer in his role. He's been perfect for the role he's playing on this team. Yeah, to that point, there's something about, I know you said that Bradley can steal bases, but you mentioned the other part of that. that he's 32. 
Zimmer is just ungodly fast. Yeah. You're talking about needing to take a bag when everybody knows you need to take a bag. <laughs> Zimmer's the guy you need in there. And this is the difference between having somebody like in the 2015 uh, playoffs where, where we had Dalton Pompey steal second and steal yeah. third and have it within 90 feet or probably having about a 60-40 chance of getting to second base with JBJ. And right now, to your point, if it's going to be a wash at defense and I need some stolen bases, I'm looking at Bradley Zimmer verse. Easily. Easily. It's not a question. Yeah. And to your next point on that whole thing, Brennan, really this whole thing with JBJ hinges on what is going on with George Springer. (laughs) It's a little concerning, man. It kind of is. I mean, look, the biggest news in the NFL right now is that Matt Stafford is dealing with an issue to his elbow and they've come out and said it's tendonitis. And I'm starting to think that could be what it is for Springer. And who knows? There should be more clarity on that later. But that is the path a lot of people have gone down today, that it's a little worse than we feared. So hopefully not. To that point, though, um, Springer's stubborn enough that I have a strange feeling after this break in the next 10, 15 days, he's coming back one way or the other. I really do not see this being, uh, this Bradley Jr. thing is a holdover until the meantime. You have a roster spot. Okay, oh my God, we don't have Otto Lopez on this roster. I'm not, (laughs) as much as I think he's a good player and he's going to be good going forward, it's not the right time. So now that we have the the eventual player to be joining us later, Chris (laughs) Key, how we doing, buddy? Good, good, good. So we were just talking the weirdest Blue Jays move in history with JBJ joining the team. Do you have any two cents other than the fact that we were talking, the fact that you're really just getting another Bradley Zimmer Zimmer on this? (laughs) Yeah, it it comes at a little bit of a curious time, I guess. Um, When I saw that he was on waivers, I kind of thought to myself, hey, maybe take a flyer on him. Maybe maybe something hits for two or three weeks and... And you let him go. And you let him go, and he's served his purpose, right? Um, yeah. Guys like that are good for September and whatever if you, you need, right? Um, he's certainly not going to get any playing time over Whitmerry Field right now or Lourdes, Teoscar, anybody. Uh, we were even saying over Tapia. He's been on fire. <laughs> yeah, it, even Tapia's been good. So is, is he going to get some some reps? Here and there. See, I, the, when I initially thought of it, I thought, hey, you know what you're going to do now? You're going to have either Jackie Bradley Jr. or maybe play in center field because it does seem like the Jays are a little bit hesitant to throw Tapia in center field. Um, so now you have JBJ to go out there, which frees up Whit Merrifield to play second base um, because Kevin Biggio and Santiago Espinal have not been good yeah. uh, as of late. So... It, does that does that free up a spot there? You're, you're keeping your defense uh, in center field where, granted, Merrifield's done a, a good enough job out there, but could it be better with, with JBJ? Yes, it's going to be better with him out there. He's been in the AL East a long time. He, he knows a lot of the pitchers. He knows the ballparks. Um, so, like, you're paying him, what, two months of a league minimum? So yeah. they have not like, announced the dollar amount that I've officially seen, but how do you pay him any more? Than that? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. is, I would guess. Yeah. Like Boston will it's have a flyer to play. hoping. To yeah. Get catch ba- flyer. Ba- yeah. Boston's going to have to pay out his remaining contract. Yes. Uh, and then they'll be signing him basically for two months of the league minimum. Um, yeah. So 
eh, why not? You're like he's throwing money he's at not, it. He's not he's not a relief pitcher, which we need <laughs> more right now. He's <laughs> He's not a starting pitcher, which we also need right now, but I I, I guess I guess <laughs> Okay. It gives, you, it gives you it gives you better defense in center field and allows Whit Merrifield to come and play second. That's that's the spin I can give it to you. Or at least it's like you said, more options in the midst of that cocktail that you were talking about there. Because yeah, because yeah, you I, can't let you can't let Zimmer have an at bat. You no. can't. You hey, can't. I don't want to have JBJ have a bat either. No, neither do I. No, but JBJ at least is a major league hope. player. Well, he he gives you hope of contact. <laughs> I guess. At all. <laughs> and Zimmer gives you no hope of contact. <laughs> oh my god. So yeah, I'm not gonna fight you on that one. <laughs> you know, more or less the big default that thing that we were talking about, Chris, is the fact that JBJ versus Zimmer speed wise, you need to take a bag when everybody knows you're gonna steal a bag. Zimmer gets you that bag where JBJ probably does not. <laughs> so that'd be the his legs only thing we were really to be. Yeah, his legs aren't what they used to be, but he's still, I don't know. Yeah, roll dice, see what happens. <laughs> if you need if you need an at-bat from somebody, I would give an at-bat to Jackie Bradley Jr. before I would give one to Zimmer. Oh, me too, for sure. Correct. And, Experience. like, that's that's not a good 1A, 1B. No, it's actually terrible. <laughs> it's kind of, like, right next to each other. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's marginal, but it's I would It's like a 1 triple A and then a 1 triple. <laughs> yeah. It's not preferred, that's for sure, but it, it, it's, it's the situation better. Yeah, exactly. So I want to touch on it because we didn't have the whole group together here. Just um, before we dive into the, some of the other things, you were starting to dance around there, Chris, when you joined in with the pitching concerns and whatnot. This team is now post-trade deadline. We've seen some of these new acquisitions. First things first, what's your – I'm going to let Chris go with this one first. Whit Merrifield, what's your first – impression of him as a Toronto Blue Jay. He's been getting on base, salvageable center field, hasn't really done it. I think he played one inning at second base over the last week. Yeah, like, he's done what you wanted him to do. He's a high-contact guy that's going to put the ball in play. He's going to yeah. get on base. He's going to swipe some. Uh, had that controversial play in Minnesota. Uh, <laughs> we, we we won't talk too, too much about that. Uh, say saving people getting all riled up about uh about semantics but there was that he was right in the middle of it um yeah for Whit Merrifield this is probably exactly what you would expect out of him uh yeah. a, and it's a it's a I I'm not concerned with him anywhere in this lineup like I kind of get excited to see him hit because you know he's going to do something fun on the bases um and you don't get a lot of that with this team and it fits so well with the way this team has been playing under John Schneider. Um, do they go out and get Whit Merrifield as just a last minute, go get him. Uh, if Charlie Montoyo is still the manager, I don't think so, but he fits, no. the, he fits the bill so well with all this hit and run. Cause he does put the ball in play and he can run the bases like hell. Correct. Um, he fits that new mantra. He, he, he fits, he fits John Schneider's game so well. Um, I, I couldn't be happier with what he's done already. Like, save for him hitting like seven fifty, but like that's not going to happen. That's not uh, human. No. <laughs> so yeah, he he's coming. 
almost exactly as advertised. And it's great that he, I, I really like the way the Blue Jays, like thinking about it, I really like the way the Blue Jays went about the whole vaccination thing. They left it in his court. Legally, I don't think they can comment on anything anyway. Um, yeah. So it, I know people were getting their, their feathers all ruffled up about what was going on with why can't they say anything and this and that, whatever. Well, because they fucking can't. Um, and he needs yeah. to say it himself. Boy, you want to get sued? <laughs> yeah, he, <laughs> he had to say it, and he did. It's been dealt with. It's taken care of. He's going to be in Toronto come, what, this weekend? Cleveland? Friday. Yeah, yeah Friday. Yep, Friday. Uh, Friday for the Cleveland series. I can't be more amped up to see him there. I'll be there on Sunday. Um, yeah, I, I couldn't be more excited to see Whit Merrifield in the Blue Jays uniform. That's not Looney Dog Day. <laughs> I can't. I can't eat him like I used to. <laughs> now, apparently, a lot of Blue Jays fans can though. If I hear the yes. world record was forty three thousand or something I like that, so. sold in one Damn. game, and they were looking wild. to break that. Yeah, wild. <laughs> they'll, they'll break it before the season's up. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah, especially with uh, how uh, Tabby and uh, <laughs> Shulman have been <laughs> pushing that one on the broadcast. Yeah. Uh, Brendan, Whit Merrifield, how you feeling? Do you yeah. think he's sticking in center field for a little bit here, or what do you got? Yeah, I hope he goes to second base um, now that they brought JBJ in there, because, Chris, you're bang on. Santiago Espinal has been terrible for the most part for a little while now. Um, mm-hmm. It's not been very good. And Biggio's Biggio, um, who also isn't very good. So Against Baltimore, though, he's good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, hey they're going to need it, apparently, in this series, mm-hmm. being down 2-1 right now uh, and losing yeah. last night. So please bring on all the Kevin Biggio offense you can give. Um, That's the team yeah. he hit the cycle for. And well, that was 2019 he hit the 2019, cycle. 2019, yeah. A couple yeah. of days year. before the end of the season. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, Whit Merrifield, bring him in the second base. Uh, very similar sentiments to Chris. Um, I just think he's a super useful player for this team right now. He can play everywhere, second base, and probably anywhere in the outfield as well, um, and give you perfect cover um, if Springer is out longer term. And then that way you don't have to handle or hand too many at-bats to Jackie Bradley Jr. or Bradley Zimmer uh, anymore. So that's perfect. Um, he fits the team and what they're doing. And you know what? He is on the wrong side of 30, 32, 33 next year. And they do have a mutual option for 2024. So he'll be back next year at least. Yep. And then I think mm-hmm. both both parties do need to agree. If one person doesn't want the option picked up, then it's done. So he might only be here for one more year, but that's perfectly fine. Uh, hopefully by then, somebody like Otto Lopez, who you said, will be ready to come up and take over. Uh, or Aralvis. Chris, Chris is, yeah, is a, Chris's man yeah. crush Monday in Aralvis. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, no, I'm excited to see him too. And, you know, last year, a little bit below league average uh, offensively. I do think he has the potential to get back to league average, which would be perfectly fine and better than probably what they've been getting the last month and a bit at second base. Um, Last year he yeah. hit 277 still. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And um, was it 40 led the league in stolen, led the league in doubles at bats, stolen yeah, bases. He, he had a, he had a good seat, 40 stolen bases. He's a, a hell season. of a weapon at the top of a lineup right now that yes. looks really odd without George Springer in it. Yeah, it's a weird <laughs> so. lineup, that's for sure. But yeah, no, I like him. I, I think it was a good addition when I saw. Uh, originally that he had been traded and the team wasn't announced. I'm like, I just I just had a gut feeling what? that it was the Blue Jays, despite the unknown around the vaccination status of Whit Merrifield. And sure enough, it was. And 
And then we went through that whole exercise of, oh, shit, is he going to be able to come and play next week? Is he vaccinated? And he is. And good for him for making that decision. I know it's probably not one he would have liked or preferred to have made, but he did it. And he gets to be a part of a playoff race and hopefully in front of sold out Rogers Center crowds come later mm-hmm. in August and September. Yeah, and hopefully an extended playoff run, not just a little, yeah, not just this first round nonsense that we've been dealing with the last few years. Um, so the um, one thing I'm going to add to that point on the fact that what you guys mentioned is honestly, right now he is my everyday center fielder, mm-hmm. and I am platooning Vigio in Espinal over watching JBJ do anything or Bradley Zimmer do anything. <laughs> Espinal's been having a lot of hard luck since like about a week before the All Star break. But Kevin Biggio and him right now perform a nice little right-handed, left-handed platoon that they can play around with in the lineup. And hopefully one of them catches fire. And then it forces us into another fun uh, conversation when with what to do with Whit Merrifield and George Springer, hopefully healthy here in the next couple of weeks. So, but to that point, I want to talk. We had um, Mitch White pitched his first game two days ago and looked pretty damn sharp, I thought, for what we were expecting. I think it was as advertised. It was what two runs over five innings, I believe. Something three, like maybe. Yeah. So either way, I was very encouraged. From we got another guy in the mix that I'm not freaking out about. Is he probably going to have some ups and downs? Yes, but he, as long as they're not ups and downs like we saw from Kikuchi last night, I think we'll be okay. Who <laughs> actually righted the ship a little bit after a really god awful start again, and the fact that he's still. He gets nailed by the long ball, but hopefully somebody like White here can jump in and create a problem for Kikuchi to actually stay in the rotation or not, or lay a fire under his ass. I'll give you either or. Brennan, your turn to field the uh, Mitch Whiteism here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I like the Mitch White pickup, especially after you let go of Maximo Castillo um, for uh, in the Whit Merrifield trade. Um, there were a lot of sad Dodgers fans to see Mitch White go because he was actually having a pretty decent season with them. Um, a little easier to do in a pretty big park that is Dodger Stadium and whatnot, but still, um, Mitch White is basically Ross Stripling all over again, and that's worked out pretty well, that trade so far for the Blue Jays. Actually, it's worked out very well uh, on this season alone, and so the easy answer for me to solve the pitching crisis of Yusei Kikuchi and one incredibly poor Jose Barrio start every two to three to four starts <laughs> is... Um, when Stripling is off the injured list, Kikuchi goes to the bullpen. I don't even know like, if you can put him in there because his command eludes him all the time. But regardless, they have to do something with him. Uh, keep Mitch White in the rotation with Stripling. And then you have one less volatile guy in there. I think for the most part, Mitch White gives you what Stripling does. He'll go out five, six innings pretty consistently, three runs, four runs, and keep you in the game. And then he'll have the occasional game where he'll go six and seven and give up no runs, maybe one or two, and you'll win the game uh, on the backs of your starter. So, yeah, I like Mitch White. I think it was a good pickup, uh, good depth. Uh, unfortunately, that is the only depth right now, though, which is also an issue. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, Chris, pick up that hot potato and run with it. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I, I did you up so well there, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so there's a couple of ways to go uh, with the whole Mitch White situation um, and Kikuchi stripling. Do you, I'll go with this, first of all. Mitch White is Ross Stripling's replacement because Ross Stripling is not going to be here next year. Yeah, that's right. Um, that's a so point. having a guy like that come in, it kind of ironic that he came from the Dodgers 
as well. But that that, that he, he th- has a similar profile. But like, Very. Uh, I'll pose this real quick question: like, what kind of contract does Ross Stripling get? That's so tough. I've it's seen some really wild card. I've seen somebody pushing the idea of giving him a qualifying offer, but I'm not paying him almost eighteen point five million dollars for one year. No way. I might. If it's one year, it's you're just throwing money at it, right? If it's more than that, you're gonna set yourself up for failure. Has, I worry. Okay, here, here's here's what I'll give to you: Has Ross Stripling been worth two million more than what UC Kikuchi has done this year? Yes. A billion times over. Oh, for sure. <laughs> there you go. Because yeah. you see, you see, Kikuchi is making sixteen million dollars this year. Yeah, that's just so, rough beans. Like for a guy that's gonna uh, end up obviously by the end of our year. <laughs> yeah, like I, obviously those are very different circumstances, and Kikuchi's been horrid this year. But um, well, apart from his first month, I think his first month was actually not terrible and uh, salvageable. He, he he ran into some really good teams uh, that he was pitching against. So apparently, he's really uh, good against the Yankees, though. How'd that happen? Yeah. <laughs> um, as for Mitch White, though, like he's gonna give you what he gives you. It's just like realistically, they they needed to do so much better. They needed to do so much better at the trade deadline. Um, I didn't get a much chance to to talk about it last week, but like. Unless my friend, <laughs> so you have Gosman you can rely on. You have Manoa that you can rely on. Um, Manoa hasn't been great his last two starts. No, he hasn't. Um, he's some more punches. He, he, he's he's getting into some innings territories he's never been in before. So he, I I get the narrative. He's a big strong guy, but he hasn't done it, and he hasn't done it for a long period of time before. Um, so that he's going to wear down. Does, does he find an extra gear where he can kick it into to to really push himself over the edge and, and this team into late September and obviously into October? Um, that's that's a very big question. Um, so so you have two guys that you're hoping you can rely on right now. You cannot rely on Jose Barrios. You cannot. Um, unless he's, he's pit- right now. A, a, unless he's pitching at home, like you, God forbid, you're pl- pitching that third game at the Trop oh, or safe or or safe <laughs> or Safeco. Uh, like you have to make make sure that you're in that top wild card spot because I don't yeah. trust Brios in a game three right now. I honestly, I'd pitch him in game two. Yeah, I wouldn't get a home game. I yeah. wouldn't. I pitch. I pitch Stripling first. Yeah, yeah, that's not a bad move. At least then you're getting somebody to you know to get out. Of you the know game you're game. you know you're gonna get three or four innings. You know you're gonna get three innings. Yeah. Do you and then do you start with? Start I would maybe start, come back in with uh freaking Mitch White after if he keeps doing what he did in his first start. Come in with him right yeah. after the back and just run the whole thing to the point you have the bullpen the whole next game. Yeah. You know, It'll be, what's the worst case if you get? God. No, no, I was just gonna say Barrios is getting a playoff start regardless in that series. Yeah, he will. Oh, yeah. It's gonna happen. 100%. They're not gonna give. A, they're not gonna skip over Barrios, a guy who you gave a seven-year extension to. And I totally understand where you're. Do coming you want to win though? Of course, but I mean, this is the you thing can't, that's penalizing. You hope about. he drops the ball he, those last two starts of the season and comes out there hot. <laughs> he can absolutely go out there and give you eight innings with fifteen strikeouts, but he can also 
proving this year can also give you two innings and give up seven runs and you're done in a game. Uh, so he really, didn't even make he, the, the biggest start of his career was the home opener this year. And he couldn't even make two fucking outs. Oh, I know. I know that that was a sign of things to come. <laughs> Tell me how you like, really oh, feel about it. <laughs> it's just like, wow, uh, maybe we should have been a lot more concerned about the direction his season was going to go after that. Um, yeah. It's It's been maddening because nobody can really, you go try to look at the numbers, his baseball savant page, fan graphs, anywhere. There's nothing that pinpoints why he's struggling uh, so much, it's so mental, consistently. Like, it's the same thing with what's going on with Kikuchi. It's purely mental. My thought, too, there are games when his curveball is doing what it's done his whole career, and that's when he has his big games, goes seven, eight yeah. innings, and strikes out a ton. Yeah. And then there's other games where it doesn't do it at all. It's, uh, it's mind-boggling, to be honest, and it's so frustrating. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I, I want to get on board, Brendan. I really do. And I, I want him, obviously, I'm a fan of this team. And in and, and part of that, with that, I'm a fan of Jose Barrios. But, like, it's so hard to trust him with anything right now. It is. And, like, doing the home and, like, the home and road splits are just, it's, you keep saying it's mind-boggling. The like, they're polar opposites. So, like. It looks like two different I, players. I, I almost don't have a problem with them starting at home. But if you're starting at the drop. Yeah, no, they're you gonna can't line give, him up. So he, they're gonna line him up. So he's play, pitching that first game, whatever freaking game it is. You one, can't. two, three, fifteen, whatever the fuck it is. So it's, it's and like, game. God forbid, you need him in the last series against Baltimore to get in. <sighs> yeah, <laughs> and that's at Baltimore too. Like we're yeah. we're getting into territory where we might have to start considering that. Yeah, yeah. no, I know for sure. Like Absolutely. it's tight, and especially with how behind, Baltimore's are playing. The teams that are chasing are playing good baseball right now. They are. This series, Those this Baltimore Orioles are really hungry, man. Baltimore's yep. hungry. This series with Cleveland uh, is bigger than this current series with Baltimore because, again, I know Baltimore's been red hot, and I was thinking yeah. about this earlier. They have the offense to make up for their shitty starting pitching right now because their offense yeah. is just on an absolute heater. And when yep. you do that and you turn it over to their incredible bullpen, which the Orioles have one of the best in the business, other teams don't score runs, and then the Orioles can yeah. continue to chip away. They have a formula that's working right now, and it's going to continue to work. So for the first time in a long time, I try to not disagree with a lot of the media personalities out there, especially Wilner, because he's been so controversial in the past. But last yeah. night, he's just like, this is a mirage. This is an illusion. The Orioles aren't actually that good. I'm like, it's working, and it's working very well right now. Imagine what would happen if the Orioles committed to adding and added a starter or two they would get in yeah. if they had a better just think about it this way <laughs> look at their lineup right now they have a guy that went thir- was 30 30 in major leagues last year and cedric mullins batting leadoff yeah. adley yeah. rushman is a is a future doubles machine and if they ever move those damn fences back in and camden yards is going to be a home <laughs> run machine <laughs> that, thinking it'd be another couple of years before they got good now that they're good they're like oh crap can we move the fences back actually yeah <laughs> Santander has 20 home runs as of last night. He's been third. Ryan Mountcastle is a beast who is going to find a way to do more in the next coming years. This is just, he's going to have an injury-filled season. He just finally came back, and he hit a home run last night. Or was it? He's, he's, a, complete, he's a complete Blue Jay killer. He's, he's one of those guys. <laughs> yeah. And then they have Hayes, who is batting in the fucking sixth spot right now. It's like, okay, Austin Hayes is no slouch. <laughs> they have offense. If they could find any... If they can find any pitching, and Jordan Lyles is your ace of your staff right now, who was a floater freaking the last seven years in Major League Baseball. <laughs> so, well, I, hit like I can't just prove that offense. Too. 
Yeah, he did. That is correct. He's normally their leadoff guy, though. I don't know what that was about yesterday. Yeah, I don't either. Uh, so. Probably because Kikuchi was pitching. Oh, yeah. Lefty, lefty, oh, lefty, to try getting more right-handed hit, yeah, hit bats. That guess makes sense. It, it, so, it's, con- yeah. it's concerning, though, guys, that they couldn't hit their equivalent of Yusei Kikuchi overly well last night and currently aren't to their other equivalent of Yusei Kikuchi in Kyle Bradish. Yeah. Uh, Jordan Lyles is on a little bit of a heater right now, too. Just He's been pretty good for the last month. One bad start, if I recall. But to that point, the Blue Jays still should have matched a guy that they destroyed last year with the Texas Rangers. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, um, outside the two men- two guys we just mentioned, the Blue Jays did acquire Anthony Bass and Zach Pop from the Marlins. Um, guys, I don't care what any way you slice it. Those are two quality arms that just joined our bullpen, which was starting to look pretty thin, especially when we were seeing our worst stint of like people like Trevor Richards and some of the other guys. And now you don't have to rely on them hopefully as much as we have some of that back in the aggregate. Two guys that have been having better seasons. Uh, Brendan, you didn't get a chance to chime in on those two guys last week before we dive into some other things here. Yeah, no, it's uh, look when you go back and look at the trade deadline, the one thing that continues to stand out to me is when what's his face Buster Olney reported that people weren't overly high on the Blue Jays system. And I believe that they couldn't get people off of the guys that we all know about. Ricky Tiedemann, uh, or Elvis, Gabriel Moreno, and maybe one or two others. And so when, even when you go look at their top 30 prospects right now, everybody else is years away and not it's anywhere bottom close. It's very, bo- it's, it's very, very bottom Why heavy. did that very good floor? You're Very talking good guys player. like Manuel Beltre that are going to break, I think, at some point. But nobody Absolutely. wants to take that long-term investment. Absolutely. So when I go back and look at the trade for Anthony Bass and um, Zach Pop, somebody called this out on Twitter that Groshans was probably the main guy that they were shopping around to teams and just said, come and get him. Yep, Give us your best it. package of relievers. And the Marlins offered the best possible package they could get for Groshans. Probably um, not wrong with that statement. So, I mean, it's as good as they could get. It's incredible. I can't get excited about Anthony Bass when I saw it, but he's having a monster season. And if I think if we didn't have Anthony Bass in 2020 and saw that version of him, we'd be a lot more excited about him because yeah. in a lot a lot of his numbers good. are better than Clay Holmes this year. Somebody pointed that out today too. That he's he, <laughs> it, it, it's incredible. So so catch and release for Anthony Bass actually worked. Is what you're saying? Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, whatever he figured out, apparently it's because he's throwing a slider a lot more this year than he has in the past, mm-hmm. and that helped him quite a bit. Um, but he's having a, an elite season, so that's a good pickup. Zach Pop, tons of control, lots of potential. Um, so not can't be upset about that either, especially when he can throw 97, 98. Um, if they can up the strikeouts a little bit, he could turn into a very dangerous reliever. Um, and it just helps push Trevor Richards down the order so much more. Thank goodness. <laughs> like, I'm sick That's of That's the Richards. biggest bonus of any of it. It is. Pushing some of those guys that we were starting to get scared out yeah. back into like, okay, great, we're getting, we're blowing somebody out. Here's the sixth inning. Have fun. <laughs> exactly. or, or, and hopefully not too much of the alternative of that. <laughs> Fine if Richards pitches in the fifth or the sixth if the game's a little bit out of control. But if it's anywhere close or striking distance, I don't want to see him anymore. Yeah. To that point, I think it pushes also one of our other you know, favorite people of the show is Dave Phelps back to his proper yeah, spot in this whole thing too, because I, I like him. I really don't want to ever say bad things about him and what he does to a ball club. He's a savvy veteran. And actually I think he's legit the oldest guy on this team right now. 
<laughs> he, he, um, that's his role. Those mid innings where things start going off the hinges. Right. And then you had the lockdown guys after him. So now he's back in that role where he's starting to lean a little bit more toward the, uh, we need him as a setup guy. Cause there's this thing's getting too thin, thin and whatnot. So it gets everybody, I think back in their place with those two guys joining the group. Mm-hmm. Chris, you want to add anything on that before I move on? Mm, no, I'm, I have the ball game on mute right now and I'm really trying to figure out what the fuck just happened, but Oh God! <laughs> uh, it's not another like catching it, incident, it, is it? I guess, kind of. No, uh, one of the Baltimore. Who's hitting right now? Hayes? No, I don't even know who's hitting for. It says uh, right Taron Varara. Oh, yeah. Varara. He he just he just got hit. Oh, okay. Now it's two and two. Okay. Now I'm not confused. <laughs> he got hit on the foot. The ball bounced away. They. Uh, the runner came in to score, which is not going to matter anyway, because Merrifield almost dropped that ball. But <laughs> runner tag came in. No, never mind. So, God, you're bringing up all <laughs> memories with me now with a freaking running in at home. And, oh, God. That, that's <laughs> that, exactly what I thought right away. And, yeah, no, we're good. Every that, that had a nice resolution, too. So hopefully there's a walk-off home run here in a few minutes. But that's besides the point. <laughs> so, we're good. Um, so we were talking the pitching concerns and whatnot. Manoa and Gosman have been the elite part of this staff. We talked a little bit about where it's going. How confident are you in this core right now with the team's offense of actually taking us to the promised land and getting us some playoff victories, not just getting to the playoffs? Right now, not at all. Crickets. <laughs> the only thing I honestly have a ton of uh, confidence in right now is this offense has proven to me that they're going to find a way to hit. And I think yesterday's game was a valid litmus test for that. I don't how bad we got off of that game yesterday against the Orioles guys. Did you see us even getting remotely ballpark back into that game? Well, no. like it, they they could they could have been in it the entire time. They just didn't. They don't hit with runners on base. I know it's maddening. It's very they, maddening. They, it's the fact they, that we even got left, four runs out of it to begin yeah. with. <laughs> they left four people on base in the four, first two or three innings, like. Yeah, you, you, yeah. You need to cash those runners in, especially against teams like this, like teams that were supposed to be bad, but now all of a sudden are chasing you. Like you got to yeah. find a way to stick in these games and, and pull out victories, because they're only going to get harder into September. Yes, yes, sir. So there was an article I was reading today that was uh, from from one of our old friends, Keegan Madison, that was basically saying there's three main keys to the Blue Jays' continual success going toward the playoffs. And he was more or less, part of this is the fact that the highs and the highs, and the highs, the highs are highs and the lows are lows right now. <laughs> they need to find a way to get rid of those lows and start just either mashing at the plate, just figure out the pitching thing, one or the other, <laughs> so there's not all these limps and valleys and whatever thing. They need Kevin Gosman and Alec Manoa to be the aces that they were. Kevin Gosman actually just won the AL Pitcher of the Week award, and apparently during the interview, did you guys catch that during the game last night that Hazel no. Hay broke the news to him? No, <laughs> How they were just sitting there ch- chatting or whatever, and they're like, "Yeah, yeah, you won." They thought they would. They, I think he thought he, they was getting messed with. <laughs> so it's kind of funny. Um, so you get him going, and it looks like he's heading in the right direction to figure out where that splitter's going. So hopefully he keeps riding that. And then we need Vlad and company to continue doing what they've been doing outside of last night, and that's just mash. Vlad is on a 19-game hitting streak going into tonight. 
Lars Gurriel Jr. is in the AL batting race, technically, all of a sudden, just like, but then the fact that you all of a sudden lost Kirk in that radar, he's coming back around. It looks like a little bit the last two nights in the ball hard. Is there anything outside of those things that you guys are thinking would be the main difference in what the hell we would be able to be between a team right now where we're like, or running with it? Yeah, I know. Um, you got to play 500 or better baseball between now and the 22nd when you have your next off day after tomorrow, after Thursday, sorry, because the schedule gets super soft for three weeks. You're mm-hmm. at the Red Sox, the 23rd to the 25th. Then you come back for three against the Angels over the weekend of the 26, 27, 28. Then you get the Cubs for three from 29 to 31. Then you go to the Pirates for Labor Day weekend. Then you play the Orioles again, get familiar with them because we're playing them a lot between now and the a end of lot. the season. A lot. And then they're at Texas Rangers uh, for three the weekend after Labor Day before it starts to get tough again with the Rays, mm-hmm. the Orioles again, <laughs> the Phillies, the Rays again, Yankees, Red Sox, and Orioles again. So that, that, yeah, that three-game stretch or three, four, five-series stretch right there will make or break their season. And I do expect another hot streak around there when you're facing weaker opposition, weaker pitching, and whatnot. So stay mm-hmm. afloat. You need to win this series against Baltimore. If you lose the series, it's going to get super hairy because that's going to give them confidence, knowing that, hey, we see these guys this exact same time next week. They're here Monday through Wednesday of next week. Not to mention there's that whole gap issue there. And then the, yeah. if things keep going the way we were talking about, we actually just heard during the game the other night that the Twins actually won the season series against us. So for some reason, yes. they fall out of first place and are in the wild card hunt, they would now have the tiebreaker over the Toronto Blue Jays. Yes. So if we were all of a sudden in the hunt for the last place in the wild card, they would actually mm-hmm. technically win and move on to the playoffs. And we'd be sitting in the same bullshit situation that we were in a year ago. Yeah, um, that, that's something same, that same with people, Seattle. That's yeah. who the other team was. Exactly. Of, and remember, there's no game 163 anymore. That's something everybody mm-hmm. forgets. So it's tiebreaker now. And you've lost it to Minnesota and Seattle, two teams that you'll you have to hold on to it to the other team. <laughs> You have to. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, like you said, the getting into the Orioles and everything. So, Chris, is, do you think there's that catalyst in this lineup somewhere that helps on this roster that all of a sudden kicks us into the high gear? Haven't seen it yet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's got to make us go on a run. This is They need to do something like they did like, to finish 2016 Gu- off or something here. <laughs> like, like Guerrero's been slowly doing it now. Um, maybe it is what Merrifield um we need a little it, people have been really hard on Bo, and, and i guess i'll run tonight rightfully so <laughs> or not i don't know um he he he's always been a wild and free swinger um and, and that's just who he is like you, you're not going to change exactly who he is at this point and you you likely never ever will but like he's He's having a down year, granted, but so is the entire Blue Jays offense uh, compared to what you would normally expect of them. So, like, I don't know. I, I, I'd i love it. But he is having a Kirk, defensive plus here. He is. Um, Kirk <laughs> has been pretty bad. I don't want to say bad, but he hasn't been what he was pre-All-Star game. Aspinall hasn't been what he was pre-All-Star game either. Um, you need those guys to start kicking it back into it into another gear. I think if you're going to have somebody go on a good heater and carry this team, you're probably looking at one of 
Tay Oscar or Bo to do that. Yeah. Tay Oscar's been heating up. He he comes through in big moments, right? Yeah, and, 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 I thought he was he, honestly going to hit that home run last night, and he yeah. he honestly didn't miss it by a ton on a couple of solid yeah. walls, but yeah. they struck out. So, uh, and, and maybe maybe Springer comes back Labor Day weekend or just after Labor Day weekend, and, and he's a little bit of a, a a fire starter as well, like he was last year when when he came back and the team maybe the team needs to go play a couple of some Buffalo and then come back. <laughs> yeah. Just to have the travel thing going again. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But then we lose the advantage of the vaccine requirement uh, for like that extra game. But now I think yeah. at this point, everybody that we've seen what we're going to be playing uh, with the vaccine protocol stuff. So as far as opponents go. Yeah. So good times. Um, I lost what I was going to talk about next. <laughs> <laughs> so just wanted to um so we talked a little bit about where we're confidently sitting in this race it's not looking the most secure and comfortable thing by any means everybody's nipping at our heels the blue jays have to hurry up and find that next gear to get into this whole thing and run with that first wild card spot that is going to be so mission critical i think to this team's success going forward um we have all mentioned that i just wanted to talk really quick the minnesota series because we did unfortunately like i said lost technically the season series with them because of that weekend. And it was a heartbreaking series. And the only win we ended up getting was more or less the most controversial game we're probably going to have all season. <laughs> Did you guys see the replay? Do you think a hand yeah. snuck in or do you think it was all artists, the foot snuck in, or do you think it was literally just all blocking the plate? It was all blocking the plate. It's pretty clear. <laughs> That's what I thought too. When I was like, I got off my couch and I was like, almost like a table flip mode when I saw it. I'm like, he was blocking all my plate. <laughs> so the funny there thing was, is in the Orioles, there game, was that a thing there happened. was a lane, there was yeah. a lane. He he got in front of the plate early, which is was his undoing. If his foot was three or four inches ahead of where it was, he would have been fine. But yeah. there there was a lane for him to slide. So, so I'm going to give you the one. It could have went either way. Yeah, it could have went either way, 50-50. But I'm going to give you the fact that the guys that were in the New York replay booth that night were favoring that idea that the Blue Jays ended up winning on because that same play happened in the eighth inning of the O's versus the Pittsburgh Pirates. And the O's lost that challenge for the same reason. Mm-hmm. So it was consistent that evening. That rule, they had it. It was almost the same thing. Rushman was like sitting on home plate and bam, <laughs> you know, so, but to that point, that was like the only shining spot out of the whole weekend. Other than the fact that we, you know, lost the five, the six to five game on Friday night, you know, splitting a series with the twins just hurts because we needed that win. So anything you guys want to add on that series before we wrap it up a little bit here? Well, all I'll say is, Blue Jays and the Twins are pretty evenly matched, and that would be a fun playoff series if they do meet. Uh, both series are very evenly contested and can go either way. And if they do slide a little bit and get in as the final wild card and have to go to Minnesota, I'd be pretty confident that they can take it out and win in two games. Yeah. Um, I really would. So if that happens, it should be a fun series. Yeah, the Blue Jays do have a chance to make ensure the fact that the uh, 
will help ensure that the Twins win the series by taking on the Cleveland Indians here in the next week. So let's just talk where we're going, fellas. The Blue Jays get to actually go home until we have our next recording next Tuesday. Once again, playing the Cleveland Indians. And then again, back to the with the Bork Baltimore Orioles coming up for Looney Dog Night next week. <laughs> so um, last week with the picks to click, before we go into where we're going with the series previews and the picks to click, Brendan, um, we actually had Wes pick yours and yeah, Adam's picks last week. <laughs> so, um, Brendan, you ended up getting Teoscar Hernandez. I'll say stuck with Teoscar Hernandez. <laughs> I thought Adam, Adam got, got Teoscar. Um, I have it written down as Brendan had Teoscar and Adam had Lourdes. Uh, I was pretty sure that because he can't pick the same person twice in a week that Brendan got Oh, did we flip it because of that? Oh, yeah, I think oh, so. Yeah, yeah that, 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 that's yeah. fine. That's fine. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll allow it. <laughs> it was a West pick for both of you, so I guess it's a 50-50. Yeah. And yeah. to that point, that might have worked out actually in Brendan's favor anyway. <laughs> um, although, Chris, you had Whit Merrifield, who, as we mentioned, uh, had a pretty good week as far as, I would say, igniting some of the offense a little bit to a point because he was on base and stealing bases and really forcing the issue a little bit on the base pass and played a salvageable center field. And then I'm just out of the running because I had Espinal. He played a whole freaking like three games. <laughs> so I'm just going to cross my name off of this voting. And I think it really does come down to Lourdes versus Tay Oscar. So Chris, what do you think as far as those two picks go? Uh, what is... Or you're going to wake your Whit Merrifield uh, argument right now. <laughs> well, yeah, I could do that. He hit 316, <laughs> stole some bases, six hits. Not, he's not out of runs, it. that He won the game for them in uh, in Minnesota, whether you like it or not. Uh... <laughs> what did Lourdes end up batting this week? I don't think Lourdes did as well as what? I don't think he did either. Is that I, I didn't realize I I knew Whit Merrifield had a decent you know debut with the Blue Jays, but I didn't realize it was a three sixteen uh, yeah, batting average um, week. Why the hell can I not what? see? Yeah, where'd the stats go on the Blue Jays website? What the schnike? <laughs> Your um, debut went last week. <laughs> go go internet because unfortunately we know that the. Hottest guy in the Blue Jays lineup is probably Teoscar Hernandez, or not Teoscar, Vlad Jr. right now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'd say Teoscar, because he ended up having eight hits. Three of those were doubles, yeah. two home <laughs> runs. <laughs> yeah, it'll so, probably be Teoscar. Yeah, it'll yeah, be Teoscar. Yeah, if we're going to talk, shock that one up to Mr. Corsair winning then. Sorry, Brendan. <laughs> <laughs> so we got a... Uh, You're still tied for the win. Or tied for the lead. Brennan so. is the win. He's got six wins. Now you and Chris, and our Adam and Chris are now tied at five, and then I'm sitting in the back because yeah. I picked Espinel. <laughs> so, all right. Um, seeing Adam's not here to accept his uh, trophy, <laughs> do we let Brendan go with the next one here? Yep. See, see he missed last week and didn't get to pick his guy? Yep. Go for it, BP. Hmm. Hmm. I mean, it's hard. And also, tell us how you think we're going to do this week. Yeah, yeah. It's hard to pick them when uh, when they're not playing well offensively. That's for sure. So I might go on the pitching side. You know what? Uh, pitch tomorrow. I don't know if he won't get two starts in Willie. I was going to go Barrios, um, but he'll get tomorrow, which will mean what he gets Sunday. 
No. Could no, he's pitching Sunday. So he'll get Monday. So, yes, mm-hmm. he will have two starts. Okay, yeah, sure. I'll go with Jose Barrios. I think he actually has a good start tomorrow on the road. Uh, and then he has a good one on Monday against the same Orioles team. There you go. So that was Barrios. And how do you think we're going to do? Good question. Last time people looked at the potential pitching matchups, um, it's really good starters for the Cleveland Guardians. I'm pretty sure they get Shane Bieber, Tristan McKenzie, um, and one other like I'm blanking on right now. The whole quartet was what I saw. Yes. (laughs) Uh, um, I'll do tomorrow's game. I think they're going to win that because obviously I picked Barrios. So one win there. yeah, I'll, I'll try to be confident, go two out of three against Cleveland. Um, so that's four and one, and then Monday's game, they'll win as well. Um, so uh, five, about five and one, five and one, yeah. Sounds like it. Four and so, one, so. Mr. Key, your turn. <laughs> Wait for Oscar, it. Hey, Oscar, <laughs> and three and three. Teo, three and three. Any particular reason for three and three? Because Kikuchi's going to pitch on Sunday, and the beer better be fucking cold <laughs> at the Rogers Center. Let me tell you. Oh God, it's going to be like that. <laughs> were, were you the one I was on Twitter earlier saying that Ross Stripling better hurry up and get healthy before s- Sunday? <laughs> Basically, yeah. Like, is there any chance that he could pitch on Sunday? Like, I think it was I pending would... the fact if he was going to do a bullpen day and get the simulated game yeah. in, th- or if he was going to uh, go down and do a start with the Bisons. Um, yeah. That was the last news I heard, that his yeah. bullpen or whatever went well the other day. Yeah. Apparently, Mary, I just saw something as well that Merriweather was touching 99. Yeah. That would be so. huge. They need him. That would be a nice yeah. push in for that other argument that we were talking about earlier. <laughs> I have, uh, BK just uh, tweeted it out about an hour ago. So nice. three up, three up, three down, two strikeouts, hit 99.2, 97. 96. 96. 96. 96. There's your swing and miss. <laughs> yeah. So, so. Um, who is uh, Mr. Corsair? Is we just going to let him do a, a Biggio pick this week, seeing Biggio is actually playing again? <laughs> Uh no, I'll give him wit this week, and then give I'll him take him we'll, give him a, we'll give him a we'll give him a we'll give him somebody update, that's at least upgrade. gonna play. Yeah, we'll, we'll at least give him somebody that'll play, and then I'll take wit back every second. There week. you go. You're just gonna trade he's... him back and forth. Yep, yeah, he's gonna lead us to the promised land. There you go. So I'm gonna say Kirk, and then I'm gonna say we have a four win week, like uh, Mr. Panikar here, because I think we need it, and I think we have a chance to. Uh, catch the Guardians off guard here a little bit. I think they're going to be slightly pissed after this last couple games here with the Orioles that they're going to want to take it to somebody. And I'm sorry to say they're coming home. Momentum. Sorry, Indians. Sorry, Guardians. <laughs> You're going to deal with it. <laughs> um, anyways, fellas, is there anything you would like to add, discuss before we wander off this evening? Good agenda. Yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm just glad. I'm just glad we got the gang together. I felt weird getting invaded last week by Jay's Jam. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not comfortable with this. <laughs> so, other than that, fellas, you know, this is the typical. You know, we got back together here this week. We're gonna be back on Tuesday next week. I'll be on location on my vacation, phoning it in literally. <laughs> so I hope you guys enjoy your week and whatnot. I'm going to be probably drunk on a beach and slurring my words by the time we come back. <laughs> but, um, 
So until next week, Blue Jays fans, make sure you check us out on YouTube where you've been hopefully listening to this on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, anywhere else you've been getting your live action from us or your video fun. Uh, make sure you listen to the actual podcast if you missed our recording is wherever you can get your podcasting pleasures from Google, Spotify, iTunes, any of that kind of good stuff. And until next time, guys, I guess that's a two claps, Ric Flair. One, two, three. Woo! Woo! Let's go, Blue Jays. Oh, by the way, Chris, P.S. from your wife texting in, T-shirt, hoodie on the show. Really? (laughs) She hates it. That's the standard. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.